Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? How was your Easter? Oh, it was good. You know, it was uh, kind of a little bit altered. Easter Bunny still showed up, which is nice. You know, can't showed up with a mask on, kept a good six feet away from us while laying out eggs. Uh, I and I wanted to mention that we have reached uh, the state where all the days have have become the same. And I, I wanted sure. to quote Josh Norris, uh, the great Josh Norris, who says that every day is Wednesday now. And I and I exactly. think that I think that's exactly right. We are living in perpetual Wednesdays until this is over. So happy Wednesday! Uh, let's start a new week. Uh, can I give you my quick Easter tradition that my family yes, used to do? Please, let's do it. Um, growing up, uh, we didn't we didn't get a lot like for Easter in our Easter baskets or whatever. We got like a piece of candy or whatever. But the one thing we always got, me and my brother, uh, we got a draft magazine every single year. Uh, ah. I would get the the Pro Football Weekly. He would get the Lindy's magazine, and this continued. All the way up until, you know, we're still in our 20s, you know, getting them from our parents just because it was a fun tradition, tradition of us yeah. getting magazines. Yeah, and switching back and forth and reading about it. Yeah, I was going to say, do you guys uh, trade when you're done? Is that the deal? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The only bad thing is there's only one magazine out now. Lindy's is the only draft magazine left. I remember in the stores, you know, even like five years ago, you could walk into any Barnes and Nobles or whatever, and there would be eight, ten draft magazines. Yep. Only yeah. one left. So mm-hmm. kind of a, a sad state where we're at with, you know, just – magazines the, and all that kind of stuff on the other but, hand now we don't have to read nolan naraki's uh pfw trap <sighs> crates oh uh, i kind of missed those, those, those i know those, i mean he was there just, was some fun nuggets in he there. was just always so grumpy it's just like i know <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I i do miss the old draft magazines too there's something uh something about the the tangibility of being able to kind of sit in bed and just read through them is that, yeah. that was nice I, Man, and I got them all collected. Mel Kuyper used to put one out every single yep, year, and that yep. one was always kind of fun to have. So yep. now I print out Dame Brugler's, and I highlight it, and I mark up all the guys, and I keep him. And then, you know, five years from now, I go back and look at the guys that I liked and see, you know, who I was right about and who I was wrong about. Yeah. Um, speaking of Dame Brugler, we're actually going to talk about his mock draft today. He put out his final one uh, on the Athletic. And we have come to know that Dane is very plugged in with the NFL, talks to a lot of evaluators, a lot of general managers. Uh, his mock drafts are always in the top 10 in terms of accuracy every year, especially when it comes to the Cowboys. Uh, he's very, very plugged in uh, with who the Cowboys like. He, last year, uh, I can remember it was about this time of the year, the, you know, the talk about Tristan Hill really started to pick up. He mocked Tristan Hill to the Cowboys in the second round. Uh, I want to talk about his mock today. Um, let's start with the top 10. Not a ton of surprises. Burrow goes one. Uh, you see Okuda goes three to the Lions. Herbert goes five to the Dolphins instead of Tua. Tua falls a little bit. Um, let's go to fast forward to pick number nine. C.J. Henderson at uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I don't think that's surprising given you know how much these cornerbacks are kind of rising up the draft boards. Uh, moving on, C.D. Lamb goes 12 to the Raiders. Ruggs goes to the 49ers. Jerry Judy falls to the Broncos at 15. Uh, Caleb Von Chason goes 16 to the Falcons. And now the Cowboys are sitting at pick 17. Uh, top three receivers are gone. Your top edge rusher in Chason is gone. Your top corner in Henderson that you wanted is gone. 
Let's before I reveal the pick here, Landon. What would you be looking to do at that spot? I mean, knowing that a lot of the guys that you wanted are off the board, are you looking to trade down? Is there a name that jumps out to you? Kate, uh, Javon Kinlaw is still on the board. What would you do in this scenario? I'm definitely pushing hard to try to bail out. Um, I think at this point, the guys who I'm super interested in are gone. Um, you know, Kinlaw is there, and I think Kinlaw is a guy you can consider at that spot for sure. Uh, uh, otherwise, you know, I'm still desperately trying to figure out a way to make corner my first pick. If that mm-hmm. means trade back and, uh, and, and, you know, get to the spot where you think there's some value, that's fine. Um, I, I you know, I, I think at the same time, you know, you and I have figured out or kind of seen that this, this, you know, you need you need to find a way to get back if you want to get the corner that you want from that 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 third tier, right? Yeah, uh, probably because because yeah, there's a very I mean, getting him at fifty one, you're you're likely to miss that group because of the the way how yeah. how quickly or how high off the board that run seems to start. So I'm desperately trying to see what I can do to get back maybe five or six spots, pick up a, a pick, uh, and if not, then uh, you know I kind of. I'm looking at a a uh, uh, what do you know what do you call it a, a kind of wiped out situation, right? I mean, Kinlaw is yeah. is, is a choice. Yeah. You, you worry about what the deal is with the knee at that situation, especially this year where you're not getting all the medical information that you normally would think you would get, or or the opportunity to deal with him and your medical staff the way you want. I would still view this as kind of a wiped out situation because he is certainly not a slam dunk. So uh, yeah, I, I would say trading back is still very very much what i would be looking to do uh and then if not i would be looking at you know hmm. javon kinlaw maybe one of these cornerbacks maybe a zach bond i i mean just kind of at that point if you have to start looking at it like okay unfortunately we've missed our plateau we can't trade back you know what's what's the guy that we want you know we're probably going to have to take a lower tier player maybe a little bit of a reach than, than what we normally would view as the value here. And if we have to do that, if we're forced to do that, what's the guy that we want at this spot? And, and, and you know, I would say that they, if you're going to reach, you probably would reach for need. And then you would find uh, uh, the player that you like specifically uh, at that spot. All right. So here's what Dane Brugler decided to do for the Cowboys at pick number 17. They did not trade out. Uh, instead, he has them taking Alabama cornerback Trayvon Diggs. Uh, Dane notes that the Cowboys' top two o- options in Chason and Henderson are off the board. And he thinks if that's the case, the Cowboys will narrow it down to Trayvon Diggs or Xavier McKinney. And I find that interesting because we actually haven't heard a lot of McKinney buzz from uh, a lot of our usual sources. Uh, but I do think that's an interesting note. Uh, Let's yeah. start with Trayvon Diggs, Landon. Um how would you feel about the pick if that if this same exact scenario plays out here in the next ten days? I, I would also just like to point out that they just signed a Alabama cornerback as well from the XFL who uh, played for Alabama a couple years ago. Uh, you know, I mean, just to kind of go off course a little bit here for a sec, I'm starting to wonder. You know, look, they're targeting McKinney, they're targeting Diggs. To me, that reads like we're going to start. And I, I've been saying this for a while. I think we're going to start seeing a little bit different 
stuff and coverage than we have previously. Right? Probably, yeah. More match, maybe more more mixed uh, match coverage, meaning like cover three co- match or uh, Rip Liz coverages where they you know cover three can turn into cover one and. and uh, more mixed coverages like cover six, where you play uh, two, you know two two on one side and four on the other side, or you know five, or it's two and three, and it, it, yeah, it's just like a lot more of those kind of Alabama schemes. And I think that mm-hmm. the fact that they're targeting Alabama players, also again, brought in Haha Clinton Dix. You know, I know that he's yeah, been away yeah. from Alabama for a while, but he is still was there during the Saban era of, of you know kind of this <laughs> sort of uh, uh, <coughs> schematic. Uh, sure. revolution yeah. that, that Alabama's been having from defensive backs and, and coverages specifically. So anyways, I, I think there's something there's something there there, right? I, 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 I'm starting to believe that now. Um, I, I think that, you know, Diggs we've talked about. I, I like I like the player maybe a little bit more than, than most. Uh, I don't have a problem with them taking him at 17. Um, I, I, I definitely don't. I think it's the bottom of my list of choices. But as far as, you know, hey, we're burnt out, Chasen, uh, Henderson not there, I can understand why they would be extremely hesitant on Kinlaw with the knee, with a whole bunch of other things. There's just, absolutely there's a lot, there's a lot of potential, you know, danger there. Uh, Both McKinney and Trayvon Diggs to me are extremely safe picks. I think that uh, Diggs has got a little bit more growing to go, to do. Uh, but I think he comes in as a smart corner who can run a whole bunch of different coverages uh, and has a skill set that you can at least work with and, and work around. You know, his his weaknesses are things that I think he can develop and get better at. I just think he needs more experience. Uh, and yep. McKinney yep. is maybe the highest floor player in the first round outside of the top 10 picks. You know, I mean, he's there's probably isn't a, a um, uh, you know, a huge upside there. there. You know, I don't know that he's going to develop into a top five of in the league safety. Uh, but what he will be is a guy who is not going to miss tackles. He's going to be where he's supposed to be on the field all the time. He's going to get everybody lined up. Uh, he's not going to be a liability in coverage. He's not going to be a liability in the run game. He will be a solid player that can play a, a variety of roles in the back end for you. Uh, and uh, can be a, a leader, a vocal leader, a guy that makes sure other people gets lined up. Uh, you know, a glue guy for the defense. He just feels so blah to me. Yeah, that's I mean, all. And, 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 and you know, that's a feature in a bug, Marcus. <laughs> I have to say, yeah. you know, it's like he's not a huge uh, a splash play guy. He's not a, uh, but he's also not gonna, you know, be the reason your defense gets beat. And and I think I, I just I worry about his coverage. I, I'm not sure he can cover well. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get. He's not going to be my tight end eraser, you know. He's not going to no. be a. Uh, I, but I think that he can fit into coverage schemes and in, into complicated uh, uh, drops and, and coverages and, and and execute his aspect of that coverage uh, very well. And I think that that's, you know, I, I, to me that is maybe more of what we're looking at here, right? Is a, a future of more disguised coverages, more, uh, 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 you know, looking, giving you one look pre-snap and then giving you another look post-snap, uh, you know, and, and maybe not so much a focus on uh, ability to uh, uh, coverage individually as a player, but the uh, marriage of complicated uh, coverages on the back end with blitzing on the front end to confuse the quarterback and, and, and having a, a team that can operate you know, all aspects uh, of, of what is required on the back end for that. Yeah, so 
Diggs to me, I, I would just feel like it's a, I mean, just a, still a bit of a reach, right? I feel like there's yeah. going to be better players on the floor, yeah. and I think you feel the same. Um, I can stomach that pick better than I can Kenneth Murray, yeah. who it seems like, I mean, from from everything we've heard, if they do get wiped out at 17 with Chase on and Henderson. It does feel like it could come down to Diggs and Murray. And if those are my two options, oof, I, please give me Diggs. At least give me the corner that I think could play right away rather than a linebacker that I think um, is not very good. Um, it, the Cowboys do a great job of this every single year. They, they, they give you a player that, that you don't absolutely love, but then they give you a, a worse option to make you feel better about the other one. Like, for example, last year, I remember everybody talking about Jalen Ferguson as a potential pick for the Cowboys at 58. Do you remember that? Yep. The really slow, unathletic edge rusher from La Tech. Yep. Uh, so they go take Tristan Hale. So it's like, yeah, it could be worse. It could be Jalen Ferguson. So uh, the Cowboys uh, have done a good job of uh, helping you that way, you know, stomach the pick again i also think real, it's real quick, yeah i, I just ahead. think that there's i mean everyone just needs to prepare themselves there's a high probability if the cowboys have not worked out a trade back scenario at, like by now or if by next week there's very very unlikely chance that they're gonna have a trade back scenario on the clock so yeah uh, you know if the cowboys are unable to trade back and the draft board is what it is uh, I'm not going to kill them for reaching for this guy versus reaching for Kenneth Murray, right? Like that's I agree. That's oh, it's it's significantly yeah. different for me. Like yeah. I would give this pick a like a C if you take Diggs. If they take Murray at 17, woo, that that Friday episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast is going to be one one tough episode. I I, I will just give you our, our warners that listen or that uh preview right now. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about what the Cowboys did at pick number 51. All right, Landon, so the Cowboys going into the second round, they've got their corner. Uh, they can kind of stand in there and pick you know, the best player available because um, there's not really one spot with a big need right now. Uh, I'm just going to give you a list of players that are still still available at that selection, all right? Are you ready? Yeah. Jalen Rager, TCU. Jeff Gladney from TCU. That's really fun. Now, Diggs and Gladney as a first-round pairing, that would be that would be something. K- KJ Hamler from Penn State. Uh, Antoine Winfield from Minnesota, Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan, uh, Cole Komet, Justin Matabuke is still there, uh, Ashton Davis, the safety. But the Cowboys don't pick any of those guys. Instead, they take Alabama edge rusher Terrell Lewis at pick 51. I have some interesting thoughts on Terrell Lewis. What is your gut reaction when you heard that pick? Uh, I, I don't love it. I mean, I I think that I I think he's a, a risky pick. I mean, you know, he's I think he has some talent. Um, I think he has the ability to. Uh, I think he has some of that kind of chase on ability, but I think that he hasn't kind of ever put it all together completely. He's got nope. real injury problems. Like if I four remember, surgeries, yeah. Yep. Uh, and so that really concerns me. I, I think that how many career snaps do you think he's played? I've got the number right here. I mean, that's just, just ballpark. I mean, I mean, honest to God, that's the funny thing about it is that I really only know him not so much from his Alabama career, but as a college, as a high school recruit, right? Like, yeah, uh, I mean, 600 
600 snaps in college. Yeah, that's that's not a lot. That's nothing. I mean, that's yeah. I, I and so, I mean, part of me is like, okay, maybe they will know something that we don't. You know, maybe they, maybe they they have the <sighs> medicals know, on it that we don't. But I, you know, I don't. Know. I think that's really that's reaching for a pass rusher to me. Oh yeah, I mean, I get that Terrell Lewis has the size that you want, right? Six five, two sixty two, thirty four inch arms, you know, eighty three and a half inch wingspan. Didn't run at the forty or at the combine. Uh, NFL draft scout has his projected forty at four eight four. Really? He has, a, yeah, not a super explosive guy. Uh, the the production played twenty six games at Alabama, just fourteen tackles for a loss, eight sacks. Um, again, a lot of injury concerns. He was actually suspended part of the 2019 season. To me, there's just a lot of shade and maybe not the same off the field stuff, but a lot of things that reminded me of Arden key coming out of LSU where, you know, this is a guy that's supposed to be a great athlete, but that maybe doesn't always show it. The production's bad, but the, he looks like what an edge rusher should look like. To me, that's the guy that you gamble on in the third round, not at pick 51. At least that's my thought. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the again, it's just funny because to me he reads like a guy that is uh a, a lot of unknown, you know, and uh, especially in this year's draft. Like why take that player when you don't have all the medical stuff, right? Yeah. You don't have the testing numbers. I mean, I feel like this is the guy that is very likely to, you know, fall and and, and I don't you know, part of me thinks just you know on a on a trying to figure out what dane's thinking thing this is a guy that's got to go somewhere (laughs) right and that's probably what it is he he thinks he's a top 50 pick or he's heard that he's a top 50 pick let me put him in here you know around this range yeah i can get that Uh, yeah i mean the, the problem is is that i think you know you you are trying to go on on uh uh I I saw a more explosive player than a four eight five. That that to me seems. I at least see see what I see that the traits, you know, like he sure. he's big, he is long, he's you know he's got a very big wingspan, uh, you know he's 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 got he's thirty seven inch vertical. I mean you know he's got some explosion <laughs> to him. Uh, I I can see, you know he to me he's like Chase on except. Uh, Chason started is ascending, started to show some some stuff at the end. He doesn't. Chason doesn't have the as nearly as much the injury concern as this guy does. I, I think what, the reason this guy will go high is because he has a NFL body to play pass rusher. But and he's from Alabama. He's yeah. a big school, and, and that's going to get him drafted high. And you know, you know, he's a, he was a big. He was a big recruit. You know, he, he was a big another four star, you know, five star recruit. Um, I, I also think that you you have two other vet players that are under kind of similar murkiness at the, at the defensive end position. I don't really know that you need to draft a third one, you know? No, no. I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of have a feeling he's probably going to go ahead of where Dallas is picking. And I hope that's the case, especially because in this mock draft, uh, the Cowboys taking Terrell Lewis at 51 allows the Eagles to take Jalen Rager at 53. Uh, that would make me sick. Um, let's go to pick, uh, pick, uh, number 82, the Cowboys in the third round, 
uh, with guys like Devon Hamilton, Amika Robertson, uh, Daryl Taylor, Van Jefferson still on the board. The Cowboys take a guy that we actually talked about last week on the podcast, Logan Wilson from Wyoming. Uh, we've heard that the Cowboys have a lot of interest here. Um, I know we talked about him probably being more of a fourth rounder for us. But again, if the options for me are Kenneth Murray in the first round or Logan Wilson in the third round, give me Logan Wilson all day. I, I think he's got starter traits. I don't know he's ever going to be a spectacular linebacker. It feels a little high still to be picking you know, a depth player, but at pick 82, I can stomach that a little bit. What do you think about Wilson at, uh, at the bottom of the third round? That's still pretty high for me. I mean, I, I, I would rather – I mean, I guess you could still go wide receiver in the fourth, but, I mean, I also think you could get a linebacker of equal yeah, yeah. equal quality in the fourth as well. Yeah. So I do think it's worth noting that in this mock, you know, guys like Van Jefferson and K.J. Hill uh, and Brian Edwards are all available at pick 82, and the Cowboys pass on them for Logan Wilson. I feel like – but, again, this is me – I feel like Dane's got the right player. Like I almost, I feel pretty good that the Cowboys are going to draft him. I just think it's a round too early. Yeah, I agree. I would definitely much rather take a wide receiver there and then take Logan or an equivalent linebacker in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. At, le- at least the way this draft has, po- has played out. You know, I, I mean, I just don't know that. Like, I don't even mind taking some other position there. I just linebacker at third in the third round just, to me that seems rich. Feels rich. Yeah. Uh, fourth round, pick 123, Cowboys take, tight end, Devin Asiasi, one of your guys in this draft, Landon, uh, in the fourth round, what do you feel about that pick? I like that pick. I mean, I, I think Asiasi, uh, uh, you know, is a guy that we talked about where, uh, he's kind of a, you know, unique body type and he's still kind of learning the position. Um, but the things that he does well, uh, can make him useful immediately. I think he yep. is, uh, the kind of guy that you'll draft uh, and then he will he will be your. I mean, he's not this player at all, but he's. I think he'll be used similarly to James Hanna, you know, where he's sure. like yeah, yeah. the utility guy. You'll use him all over the field, line him up wherever he can catch the ball. He can be a threat. He can. Uh, I mean, not not like a you know, huge threat, but I, 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 you know, again, a good enough. Threat. Yeah, if you if you get this guy catching the ball, you know, on the move, and you've got your worst cover guy on you. I don't want. I mean, I don't want to be the guy to tackle Devin Asiasi once he gets moving. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think I like that pick a lot. I like Asiasi a lot. Um, and frankly, I could just pretend like Asiasi and Logan Ryan swapped picks. I mean, I don't like Asiasi mm-hmm. at the bottom of the third either, but I probably would take him. Over it's fine, Logan Ryan. Yeah, it's fine. Um, we'll just finish this up really quickly. Jack Driscoll, the tackle from Auburn, goes in the fifth round of the Cowboys. Safety Jordan Fuller from Ohio State. Uh, pick 179, and then finally, uh, guard Cordell Igawagu, I think is how you say his name. Uh, I have not seen him yet. But overall, let's read through the picks again. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, pick 17. Terrell Lewis in the second round. Logan Wilson in the third round. Devin Asiasi in the fourth round. And then Driscoll Fuller Owagu in the seventh round. Um, how would you give the – or what grade would you give the Cowboys here for this mock draft – or for this draft by Dane Brugler? Probably a C plus. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm falling. I I probably would go a little lower, maybe a C minus, just because I don't love the value of really any of their first three picks. I feel like all those guys were a reach, right? Diggs, I, Lewis, I Wilson. A, I feel, all feel a little high. I can't believe. I mean, they didn't take a single wide receiver in this. 
<clears throat> it's the Cedric Wilson show in Dallas, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with that with Cedric Wilson getting a lot some reps, but I I, I would be surprised if they didn't draft at least a one. No, I, I would be surprised. And, and and honestly, the fact that they didn't double dip and get Luke Barku is uh, <laughs> it's it's insulting. Well, let's just we can preview to the listeners that we're going to be doing a show probably on Wednesday about some of our favorite late round to- targets. I have a feeling our guy from San Diego State is going to make an appearance on that show. What do you think? He will be mentioned for sure. I can I can guarantee it. A couple times. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll uh, we'll make sure we talk about some more late round guys, some targets uh, the Cowboys could go after. You know, in the final four rounds later on the week. But that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.